Welcome to the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda. As director of a life coach training and certification program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve our skills and the industry. Learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program at teamclcc.com. That's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com. And here's today's episode. Today's episode is another interview with the incredible Paula Jenkins of Jumpstart Your Joy. She also has a podcast by the same name. And today we're going to talk about her life as a coach. Here we go. What are some of the things, obviously we're not talking about giving away confidentiality or talking about specific people, but as a general theme, what are some of the things that the people that you work with either in a one-on-one capacity or that you, you know, themes you're seeing across groups, what are they struggling with? Well, I think a lot of people struggle with really finding their voice and also finding a way to put that voice into the world. And that could be, I mean, I work with podcasters, so that's one thing, but it also comes across in business and in life. And how do you show up as authentically you and then have the courage to really put a voice around that, that person that's really deep inside? Mm, So there's like an authenticity that's happening. Yes. And getting in touch with that. I think one of the really juicy things about coaching and, um, whether that be a consulting role or a coaching role, is really getting in there. And as the outside observer and the person that is really, you know, um, in a heart-centered way, becoming a guide and a companion to someone who signs up for coaching or, or consulting, like really getting in there and seeing their, their pattern and seeing who they are and seeing them for themselves and being able to mirror that back to them in some way and saying, hey, this is who I see you are. And, and what do you think? Does that seem right? And like, there's just something gorgeous about being able to do that and be in, be in a space with someone to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's this way in which like, I'm getting this image of almost like a dance, like mm-hmm. the client is sharing something about themselves. And then you as coach are distilling and, and discerning about what you're hearing and and picking up on the broader themes and picking up on the little micro movements. And then you reflect some of that back to the client. And then because the client has that reflected back to them, then they get an opportunity to reflect on their own behavior or bring more consciousness to a pattern or a way of being. And then they get to share a little bit more. And then you as coach, again, you're in that distilling and that discerning and it's just moving back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And really the aha moments obviously are so fun. Um, and, and I, I mean that though, in a, obviously a really genuine way, it's not always fun, but the aha moments are definitely those little bits where, yeah, you, you're there with them as they discover something so precious and I don't know, juicy and delightful or even frightening about themselves. And it's, it's really that honor of being there and saying, I can stay right here with you as you unpack this thing, whatever it is. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you and in your practice, you have focused a lot on joy. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 
Uh huh. Um, you have a wonderful podcast um, called Jumpstart Your Joy. It's very cool for me to be able to talk to you today because I've been on the other side of the mic where you've interviewed me and you are truly a gifted interviewer. And I can so hear your coaching skill set showing up in how you interview and the care with which you hold a guest and, and unpack a question. Um, but I would imagine that alongside joy, there's also fear, which is, of course, I'm going to bring up fear. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, how do you, and I'm thinking in, in terms of like practical applications, what do you see as entry points or is there a particular exercise or a tool or a philosophy, a way of looking at it? How do you help a client enter into that space where you know, they're, they're wanting to live a more joyful life, but there's also probably this really intimidating list of things or reasons why they haven't been doing that thus far. Yeah, that's a, such a great question. I I think a lot of it comes from, well, what each of us probably knows what lights us up. And it's interesting because that's, that's the starting point, even for the show. And as you know, the first question I ask new guests is always what, what was, what lit you up as a child? What were your earliest sparks of joy? And so I think if somebody's really gotten to that point in their life where they're out of touch, and it's so easy to be there, like <laughs> if you've had children or a long career or you've just gotten in the day-to-day of things, it's so easy to get disconnected and not really remember what brings you joy and you're just going through the motions. So I think a first thing would be to get in touch with that thing, whatever it is, even if it takes a little bit of getting courageous and brave about admitting it to yourself that once upon a time, I love this thing. And then the fear that comes around it, I think, um, and this is something for sure that you helped me with so much was how do you unpack all the shoulds that are probably propping up those fears and take a look at them and kind of that Byron Katie piece of, is it really true? Is this thing really going to hold you back? Or is this thing really putting the impact or is, do you want to allow it to continue to put the impact on your life that it currently is? Um, and there's something in there about kind of sitting with the fear and very carefully and mindfully looking it over and, and asking it, what is it doing? And is it teaching you something? Is It's there for a reason and you probably are clinging to it because it was serving you for some reason in the past. But how can you, you know, the other piece would be, how do you get back in touch with your inner child and tell them it's okay? Because I think fears are often deeply rooted in that piece. So how do we say, no, we're all right. And we can go forward with this thing that we really, really want to do. And And the pieces will fall into place. We can set the side, side, sorry, set aside the fear and say, I see you and I'm going to go ahead anyway. I so love that you brought up the inner child because I feel like there's this (laughs) thing that happens. Tell me if you've noticed this too. Like there's this faction of life coaches who are like too cool for the inner child, you know, like, oh "Oh my God, (laughs) inner child. It's like so cheesy. And, and I just, I just go like, I'm not saying that, that, for you to heal an inner child, you necessarily have to like, I mean, I've heard of people who have like, I, I think Sark even talks about in one of her books, like how she felt she healed, you know, her inner child was, was by actually like participating in what would be seen as like regressive behaviors. So like mm. spending time in like baby mode, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like wrapping herself in a blanket and asking others to care for her. And I, I mean, I, I just fall into the camp of like, 
like, I'm not going to knock it if somebody says that it works for them. Although even though when I, when I heard her description of that or read her description, that was a little bit like, it's a little even much for me and I'm in California. Um, (laughs) But, but like on a very practical level, like nobody escaped childhood without at least one of two experiences. And one of them is going to be either some kind of trauma. And if you didn't have some kind of trauma or micro trauma, some kind of being conditioned to rein yourself in Mm, because compliance is the name of the day when it comes to being a kid. Are you behaving? So true. Especially the compliance one, at least for me, I I think I had a fairly trauma free childhood um, for, you know, which I, which I feel lucky to have, have had that as a history, but I think there is something in there, even if you didn't have a big trauma, right? Like, I think there's still a little kid that feels like they needed something. Um, And it's so interesting because even going through training myself, I was totally surprised that there was an inner child in there that just needed to be seen. And, and the things that I have learned by saying I don't know, saying, yes, I see you. And of course, her name is Chloe Bernice because <laughs> she's fancy. I was going to say, when are we going to hear the name, Paula? Yeah. I know the name Chloe Bernice. <laughs> yeah, well, and she is, she, of course she has two names and she wears cowboy boots and a, a lacy dress and a prairie bonnet. And she's a sassy little thing. And until I really knew that side of me and re-embraced it, and then, I mean, even some days I'll put on an, a necklace or a, whatever that like, I'm like, yeah. Chloe would love this. Like she's excited. Um, and she also gets really excited about talking, you know, being interviewed. She's like, that's a part of the inner child for sure. And so it's been really interested or interesting to me to see what happens when you get in touch with that. Cause I think there's what there's the extremes. I'm just kind of unpacking this at the moment, but like, there's definitely the extremes of fear and intense joy that are coming from when you were a child. And until you kind of get in touch with that and, and calm down the fears and look at them and tell your inner child that you're going to be okay, I think it's really hard to get really close to the intense joy. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think if all of us just, like, closed our eyes and thought about, okay, what was it that I just adored as a child? I don't know, but I bet a lot of folks are, like, they see themselves running after a firefly or spinning around in a frilly dress if you're if you wore dresses, you know, like whatever that looks like, but it was probably intense and you were all in and it was just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing too, on this thread of, of the coolness factor that happens in the coaching industry, mm-hmm. yeah, joy often does not look cool. No, like it, mm-hmm. it, it's, and yet, but we need it. And I think that must be something that comes up for clients you know, yeah. cause we have that, we have the sort of like, gotta look cool or at least at the very <laughs> least socially acceptable. There are those of us who have accepted we'll never be one of the cool people. I'm raising my hand for that one. Yeah. But, the um, second one here. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like at the very least socially acceptable. And so like, I'm, I, I want to keep thinking of this purely from like a, a coach in the coach seat, working with a client craft sort of orientation. You know, what do you do when you got a client who's just like, too self-conscious. It's like super hard to get out of that self-consciousness. Yeah. Well, I think that's such an interesting question too. I think there's something about it 
it could be that the word joy is too much and that's okay. Right. Like I think joy has so many little um, nuances to it. You know, it could be contentment. It could be, it could be just satisfaction even like that could, you know, to get into the space um, and maybe inviting a client. Okay. Well, if joy isn't the thing, if you're not ready to go all in, you know, chasing a firefly, whatever that may, whatever that iteration may look like for you right this second, what would be a step towards just feeling good? Or if if you're not even at feeling good, feeling okay. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be cool. It could, I mean, joy could look like anything. And I think that's the part to unpack with someone as well. Not only that it could be degrees of joy, but that it could be um, that you're just making a choice to do something for yourself. Cause I think the thing that kind of directs me is, is a Henry Nouwen quote that is around joy is a choice and we must keep choosing it. So I think whatever that thing is that wakes up in you each day and you want something just a little bit more or a little bit better or a little bit more easy, like I think following that for yourself, it doesn't have to look cool. and Or maybe it does if you're very worried about it. I mean, it could be you go get yourself some really lovely earrings that make you happy and that could be cool or they could be nerdy or whatever they are, but like something that matches you and feels authentic to you. It doesn't matter if it's cool or not to anybody else, or it could be cool to somebody else. And that's all right too. It's, it's owning what feels right to you. Well, and when you find the people change. for whom it's cool, then, you know, you found your people. Like, yeah. um, I, I think that everything that you've just shared, like a, a, a fellow life coach, you know, or someone considering becoming a coach who's going like, what kinds of things am I actually working on with a client? Mm. You know, often it's like people think of coaching as just being about a conversation. Sure. And it is, of course, on some level, a conversation because that's how you relate with your client. But it's also about these very practical, tangible things that you then ask clients to do in their lives that are these little micro movements. And you've just given several examples of, of what that looks like. So, all right. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. You were going to add one. other (laughs) I was going to say, it's all about the relationship too. I mean, one that you're developing with yourself and then also one that you're developing with your coach. Like, you know, I I think it's that trust piece that you're going to trust yourself to start, start making better decisions or happier decisions or more authentic decisions. And you're also going to trust as the time goes on with your coach that you're easing into the relationship where they know you really well. So I think there's mm-hmm. that. I've said about, about my desire for clients, like what I wish for the world, like I wish that we lived in a world where people completely and totally trusted themselves. And that's not a false confidence. It's not about bravado. Cause even when I'm very deep in my fear, I can, I can be in a space of trusting that I can navigate it, even though that's deeply uncomfortable. And I, I think that, that that trust that you've just named is one of the most important outcomes for a client. Like people can come to coaching and they can say, what I'd like to get out of coaching is I'd like to write a book or I'd like to change careers or I'd like to have better relationship or I want to like change how I parent. But like, and those are all, of course, tangible outcomes that, Um, if somebody implements them, life probably feels sunnier and better, but at the root of it, to me, there's that piece about totally trusting yourself. Mm, Yes. Yeah. And I think anything, like you're saying, anything or most anything that somebody brings to the table 
it, and it also happens in podcasting. I mean, and that's, I, I run a podcast boot camp, and it's interesting how much of this stuff comes up as somebody's about to put their voice into the world. And it's that thing where that, oh, I need a sound studio. Oh, I need a better mic. Oh, I need, and it's, do you really? <laughs> or is this just resistance because you're not trusting and, you know, you're not trusting that you are enough and that you can put this thing out into the world that is so precious to you. And so I think it's that trust piece, you know, you don't need the mic. You can use the one that came with your phone. You don't need a sound studio. I'm sitting in the middle of my bedroom. Like <laughs> these, these aren't things that should hang you up. But if you trust yourself, it's easier to get past them. Right. Right. Or if you just trust that you don't need to get past them, that the mm. process in and of itself has value. Like, like right now, I'll give an example from my own life that could be applicable with clients. Um, I love, I have always, since I was a little girl, loved writing fiction. And I have found that when I spend some time writing fiction each morning, it's like the whole rest of my day, I'm more productive. Um, you know, it's the equivalent of that example you gave of, you know, putting on something that feels like that, you know, right little, little outfit, you know, and it sets my day up in a really positive way, but I mean, it's, it's not about, oh, I got to get my fiction to the right place so that I can get published. Of course, it would be great to get my fiction published. And I would, I would take great pride in that, but it's not about that end game. It's about doing it for doing its sake. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if anyone wants to know my copy of Microsoft word is I think from like 2006 or something and gives me error messages all the time. And I like need to actually do the thing where I sit down and like upgrade to the latest copy and get all my stuff ported over. And I just like always put that on the back burner. So I am proof positive that you can do something you love without having the very best newest (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Amen. Yes. I'm still using free old audacity when I edit my podcast. Yeah. I don't even need a Mac. (laughs) Turns out. (laughs) All right, Paula. Well, thank you so much for for being on the podcast today. It was so great to hang out with you here and, um, and have you share your wisdom with everybody. Thank you so much, Kate. It's been my pleasure. All right. That's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment to give us a rating in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, so helpful because that helps other people to learn about this podcast and also listen in. You might also want to become a subscriber so that you always get the latest episodes. If you head over to the Courageous Living Coach Certification website at teamclcc.com, that's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com, and sign up to be a subscriber, not only will you get the first information about whenever we open up enrollment, you will also get access to a number of bonuses, like our Become a Coach video series, invitations to webinars on the craft of coaching, and so much more. So I hope that I see you over there. Once again, thanks so much for listening. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.